Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to Valley Point Church. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is a true joy to share this day with you. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads in the room. I hope you have a fantastic day celebrating with your favorite people. Fatherhood is truly amazing. I don't think there's really a way you can describe it other than to say it's incredible, it's satisfying, and it's terrifying all at once. All of that together, right? It sure certainly is, but what a joy it is to be a father. So congrats to all of the dads in the room. On Mother's Day, I shared some memes with you, some Mother's Day cards, and I feel we should do the same on Father's Day. So if you haven't picked up a card for your dad yet, maybe you can try one of these. Check this out. Dads, probably refusing to ask directions since 1845. How about this one? For Father's Day, I bought you something nice with your money, right? Seems to be the way it works. Dad, thanks for being slightly less embarrassing than all the other dads, and I think that's true as well. There you go. Happy Father's Day. Will you help me congratulate all the dads in the room? Okay, we begin a brand new summer theme today that is going to carry us all the way through August. And I want to sit in this theme and think about it and study and grow deeper as a faith community. Reclaiming sacred words, that's our summer theme. But what does that mean, reclaiming sacred words? It actually sounds a bit boring and academic. And to quote theologian Alice Cooper, schools out for, yes, Alice Cooper, 1972, always trying to bring a little history into our conversations, reclaiming sacred words. Here's the deal. We're going to use our summer to look at glorious, beautiful, sacred words, and I believe we're going to learn from them ways we can deepen our friendship with God and also deepen the relationships that we have with each other. So we want to bring relevance to revered but sometimes forgotten words, right? Sometimes words are just forgotten. So we want to pull out some of these revered words and bring relevance to them, and that's our plan. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's our walking path for today. In just a moment, I'm going to share a big idea with you that will frame our conversation. And after that, I'm going to share our first sacred word with you. And I'm going to try to tie that into Father's Day as well. So there will be a challenge specifically for dads in this. But I do believe this particular sacred word applies to everybody. So we all have to pay attention today. I'll share that word with you. And then we're going to get into Matthew chapter 21. That's the paragraph we're going to unpack, and there is an interesting event in the life of Jesus that speaks directly to this sacred word. After that, I want to talk to you about Judas, not Judas Iscariot, the disciple who betrayed Jesus, 
but Judas Maccabeus. He's also known as Judah Maccabee or Judas Maccabee. We're going to call him Judas Maccabeus. He goes by that as well. And we're going to think through what he has to teach us. And then I want to end our conversation with some helpful takeaways that will help all of us survive another seven days. So this is our plan. Big idea, sacred word, Matthew chapter 21, Judas Maccabeus, and then some takeaways. I'm going to try to do my best to bring all of this together, okay, in a way that makes sense, honors God, and helps us grow our friendship with God, deepen that a little bit, as well as deepen the relationships we can have with each other. So I'm going to do my best to make sense of our path for today. I would love for you to take out your talk notes right now and find a pen and let's begin walking through this together. Here's our big idea. When expectations of Jesus do not match the uproar, we lose hope and can become passive spiritually. I see this happen all of the time. And I see it happen in my life all of the time. When our expectations of Jesus do not match the uproar, we lose a little bit of hope and we can become passive spiritually, which is a really dangerous thing. So that's our big idea. That's going to frame our conversation. Let's look at our first sacred word. The Greek word is the word seo. And I would encourage you to write that down or at least highlight it in your notes. That's the sacred word seo, and we'll read about that in just a moment in Matthew chapter 21. The English equivalent is the word, which was part of our big idea already, uproar. Seo is the Greek word. That's our sacred word for today. Uproar is the English word. Seo, is it a sacred word? Well, I think it certainly can be because we see it played out in a very important event in the life of Jesus. So that brings us to Matthew chapter 21. If you have a Bible or a device, I would love for you to find that book and that chapter. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. It has 28 chapters. So chapter 21 is toward the end. What you find happening in chapter 21 is Jesus is involved in something called the triumphal entry. We also know it as Palm Sunday. Jesus is riding into the city of Jerusalem and people are laying down their coats in the road and they're putting down palm branches to welcome Jesus into the city as somewhat of a hero. That's the context of what's happening here. What we know based on the historical account in Matthew and in other gospels is that the crowd, as Jesus enters the city, the crowd is in an uproar. Sayo, and we're, we're going to define that word in just a few moments. They're in an uproar. They're very excited about what is happening, but what we find is that crowd that was stirred up into a frenzy and excited about Jesus entering the city, they quickly turn on him and in just a few short days, he is killed. 
So let's go to the text, Matthew chapter 21. What we find in verses 1 through 7 is that the disciples, the followers of Jesus, are preparing for him to enter into the city, and they find a donkey for him to ride. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 8. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. They're really excited, shouting this, putting down their coats, putting down their garments, cutting branches off of palm trees, putting them in front of Jesus. Verse 10 tells us the entire city of Jerusalem was in an, say the word with me, uproar. Let's try it again. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who's this, they asked. And the crowds replied, well, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now let's think about this word from verse 10. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. The Greek word there is seo. So the whole city is seo as Jesus enters. They are in an uproar. The Greek word seo means to shake, to agitate, to cause to tremble. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing in the city. He is stirring some things a bit. Everything is beginning to shake at the entrance of the Messiah. That's Jesus. He was a master of provocation. Constantly challenging people with the truth about him and living for him and what it means to have faith in him, Jesus always stirring things a bit, and I believe Jesus is still doing that. Seo, uproar. Jesus still doing this in our day. It's from this word seo that we get the English word seismic, which is the word pertaining to earthquakes, okay? So I think this is making sense to us, right? Seo, it means Uproar in English, to stir, to agitate. Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem. Everybody is in an uproar. They're really excited about the entrance of Jesus. We know that the tide turns a little bit and they get very angry and they kill him in a short amount of time. But in Matthew chapter 21, seo, this is our sacred word, uproar. They have some specific expectations about Jesus, and I wonder, I wonder if they'll be met. Why are we talking about this, and why is this word so valuable to us? I think this is often a word we just kind of glaze over as we're reading about Palm Sunday and all of the events, just kind of getting to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, but we often kind of pass over this important story and this sacred word, uproar. So why are we talking about this and what does this have to do with Father's Day? Well, some thoughts. First of all, the story in Matthew 21 
begins with high expectations. That's what we find. Matthew chapter 21, high expectations. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. He is here and he is something special. And you have to keep in mind, this is more than just a feel-good story. At this particular time in history, the Jews, Jesus' people, were under the rule of the Roman Empire. And they were often looking for someone to come and free them from the Romans. Boy, if we could just be free from their rule and have our own country and rule and govern ourselves, that would be a great thing. And so they were always looking for that individual to free them from Roman oppression. And no doubt they had heard about Jesus and all the miracles that he did. This is a special guy and perhaps he's the one. Maybe he's the one who can help us a little bit overcome the Romans. Expectations were high, and that's why they were putting down palm branches and their coats in the road. They were welcoming him as somewhat of a conquering hero, like he's going to help us finally get free and overcome the Romans. Expectations for Jesus were really high. Now, let's sidebar for just a moment, okay? Because I want to go back... And think about Judas Maccabeus now. Let's talk about Judas. Judas lived approximately 200 years before the time of Jesus. He was the leader of the Jews in the second century and helped them in what is known as the Maccabean Revolt. Judas Maccabeus was a tactician of war. He was a brave individual. He was known as a tough guy, a warrior. He was a fighter. We do have an artist rendering of him, and you can see that Judas Maccabeus here in the middle. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's rolling his eyes or looking up to heaven. I don't know what's going on there, but when I I saw, and I know this is just an artist rendering, but look at the forearms on Judas Maccabeus. Like if he enters the room, everybody's kind of moving around and getting away from him because he's a frightening person. And what we know about Judas Maccabeus is that he was a freedom fighter. Again, he existed approximately 200 years before Jesus. Josephus, a very respected Jewish historian, talks about Judas Maccabeus as one who helped rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. He brought peace and he brought safety to the people as this freedom fighter. All that to say, Judas Maccabeus, 200 years before Jesus, someone the Jews no doubt remember because he was a great guy, a warrior who brought freedom to us. In Matthew chapter 21, I can't help but think some of them were looking at Jesus and saying, I don't know. He doesn't have the forearms of Judas Maccabeus, at least I don't think Jesus did, but Boy, he can do some miracles like nobody else. And maybe he's the one. Maybe he's the one who's finally going to bring freedom for us and get rid of the Romans. And he can be a warrior for us. They were looking for a fight. They were looking for another Judas Maccabeus to free them from all of this oppression. And there was an uproar. Sayo, shaking agitation, the stirring of the pot, so to speak, because 
maybe, just maybe, this Jesus is gonna help us get free once again. The only problem with that expectation is that Jesus wasn't coming to declare war. He wasn't coming to overthrow the Romans. He was coming to bring peace for all people by giving his life as a ransom for all. And boy, was the crowd disappointed with that. Boring. (laughs) Boo. We want a warrior. We want somebody who can help us get rid of the Romans. And Jesus just declared, I came to give my life for all and to bring peace and to make it possible for every single person, including the Romans, to have a forever friendship with God. What they expected of Jesus did not match the uproar. It didn't match the sayo at all. And when expectations of Jesus do not match the hype, when they do not match the buzz, that initial excitement, I believe we lose hope and we can become passive spiritually. Question, what's your expectation of Jesus? That's a good question for dads and for fathers and men in the room, but I think this is for everybody, so wrestle with that a little bit. As you sit here today, what is your expectation of Jesus? What do you want from him? What are you looking for him to do in your life? What are your expectations of Jesus? We have to be very careful with that because when our expectations do not match the uproar, we can lose hope, and when we lose hope, often we become passive spiritually. And I see this happen all the time, even in my own life. It does occur, so we have to be careful with these expectations. So what is your expectation of Jesus? As you sit here on this Father's Day, 2019, what do you want from Jesus? Author Jonathan Merritt says it this way, our frameworks of expectations work pretty well for us as long as God seems to do what we want God to do. But the moment God doesn't conform to our expectations, our whole world rattles. And it's in these moments that the uproar turns to outrage and we begin to resent God, which leads to passivity in our spiritual life and a Jesus can't attitude. I had all these expectations and Jesus didn't come through the way I expected him to, so now I'm disappointed and assume that, well, Jesus can't, or Jesus won't, or Jesus isn't able. Here's another thought that I think comes from this word and this episode in the life of Jesus, and that is Jesus was a king. He certainly was a king, but not the king they expected. Again, the expectation didn't meet the uproar, and so there's a lot of disappointment here in Matthew 21, so much so that they actually killed Jesus. He was a king, but not the king they expected or wanted, which helps us to know this. Jesus doesn't always meet our expectations. And perhaps this is the greatest thing we come to understand about God, and this actually deepens our relationship with him today, that he doesn't always meet our expectations. He always meets our needs. And there's a difference there. 
Doesn't always meet our expectations, but always meets our needs. Let me speak to men for just a moment. Fathers, but certainly all men. It it has been my experience that men often start out having great expectations about Jesus, especially when they begin that journey, and there is excitement, there is an uproar a little bit, but often I find that ending in a lot of disappointment because expectations about Jesus aren't met. And I, I have this conversation with men all of the time, and I actually put a little list together of what that occasionally looks like. Conversation sometimes goes like this. Here's my list. Jesus didn't. You know, I asked for something. I, I needed something, and, and Jesus didn't. Or I don't have the job I'm qualified to have. Somebody else got it. Somebody else got the promotion that, that I deserved. Or I don't have the skills needed to survive in today's world. I don't have the kind of relationship I want with my wife or my kids. I don't measure up to that guy or that father. I'm not smart enough or good enough or I don't earn enough to give my family the kind of life that they deserve. And I expected a life with Jesus to fix all of this. This is what I hear. I expected a life with Jesus to fix all of this. I even asked for it and it it didn't happen. It didn't happen. That's when the uproar, sale, the expectation becomes outrage and we begin to resent God, which moves us into passivity in our spiritual life and we just assume that Jesus can't. And so we walk away a little bit. Maybe things are okay, but we just kind of put Jesus over there on a shelf. I think that's a really dangerous thing to do. And so looking at this sacred word is about saying, let's not do that. Let's not move into a passive place spiritually because I don't believe that's what God wants for us. So what do we do with all of this? Well, here's three takeaways. Number one, seek clarity over resentment in the disappointments of life. Okay? Everybody's gonna walk through a disappointment in life. Fathers, men, everyone else in the room, we all walk through disappointments in life. I think it's really valuable to seek clarity. What's happening here and why? And in the midst of this, keep turning to God, keep running to him, straight to him, instead of running away from him. And if you're anything like me, often when a disappointment comes, we tend to run away from God and we forget about what he has done for us in the past and we get a little isolated and that's a dangerous place to be. So the challenge here is to seek clarity by continuing to run to God even when we don't have the answers, especially when we don't have the answers. So seek clarity over resentment. Number two, embrace the mystery of following Jesus. (laughs) I think following Jesus is very mysterious. He doesn't always make sense. Can't always describe him. He always works in ways that are countercultural. Doesn't make sense to us. And maybe you even find yourself saying, well, if I were God, I would, you know, do it this way. And Jesus doesn't operate like that. Think about this. Nurturing openness is the framework for faith. 
Nurturing openness. This is the framework for faith. And so if you want to grow your faith, have an open concept of Jesus because he is very mysterious and we can't always describe him and put him in a box and say, this is what he does and this is how he operates. It just can't be done. So embrace the mystery of following Jesus. That makes it fun and adventurous. And if you've lost a little bit of fun and adventure and risk in following Jesus, well, then just get back to the mysterious part. Because following him often involves living on the edge because you don't always know what's going to happen. So embrace the mystery. It's actually a fun thing, and there's risk in this. Embrace the mystery of following Jesus. And then third... Isolation leads to more pain. And again, let me just talk to fathers and men in the room for a moment. It has been my experience that when men experience disappointment in life, generally the very first thing they do is they isolate. They don't often run to people to seek help. They tend to get in a quiet place or they create an island unto themselves because they hope to figure it out. And it's a sign of weakness often to reach out to other people. The challenge here is isolation leads to more pain, so get in a circle with others. Instead of pushing people away in the midst of pain and disappointment, let's not isolate because, again, that's a really scary place to be. So let's get into a circle. I would encourage you to pursue these small groups over the summer or come to that men's breakfast on Saturday and get around other people. Don't isolate. Get in a circle. Okay? Back to the big idea. When expectations of Jesus do not match the sayo, when they do not match the uproar, we lose hope and we can become passive spiritually. Men, fathers in the room, everybody else, don't become passive spiritually. That's the heart of reclaiming this sacred word, uproar. Don't become passive spiritually. Allow this word, seo, uproar, the thought about what happened in the city when Jesus walked in and all these expectations that were placed on him. Allow this word and this story to take you straight to Jesus and trust in him and his work in you and through you. Father, We thank you for a little bit of time today on this Father's Day to to look at a sacred word. I don't think it's a word we consider that much. But yet we find it centered on a really important event in your life. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, where there was an uproar. It was a big uproar. People had all these expectations of Jesus maybe being the one who would bring freedom from the Roman government. And Jesus was a king, but he wasn't that kind of king, and he certainly brought freedom, a much better freedom than what people were expecting freedom from sin and the hope of eternal life and a forever friendship with God. That's what Jesus came to bring to all people, for all people. 
But boy, was that crowd disappointed. The expectations they had didn't match the uproar and they lost hope and became passive spiritually. God, I do this. My confession to you on this Father's Day is I do it too much and so I pray that you'd help me to enjoy the mystery of following Jesus. And he may not meet all of my expectations, but he will certainly meet all of my needs, which is better. And God, he'll do that for everyone in this room as well. So help us when we walk through these disappointments in life, which no doubt they come, it happens to all of us. Help us to keep looking to you. Keep looking to you. God, I pray this sacred word, sayo, uproar, would be something that helps us as we begin this new theme, as we launch into our summer. God, use this to shape us and our friendship with you, we pray now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.